Hey guys, welcome in Ball Down South Sports Wave. Tonight we are going to do a recap for week three, Saturday's games. Maybe talk about a few that happened on Friday as well. Um, but we're going to do a week three recap, and I have John Hammonds with me tonight. How are you tonight, John? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Um, I was. I'm going to be honest with everybody. Um, I was working an awful busy this weekend, so I didn't get a chance to watch all these games. I did catch a little bit of some of them. but uh, So I'm going to kind of let John lead on the recap this evening. So we'll get started with, uh, John, I'll ask you, um, what was your favorite game of the weekend to watch? Uh, I think my favorite game was Appalachian State in uh, Troy. You know, Appalachian State had college game day there for the first time ever. And then they ended the game with a miracle. Huh. Um, yeah, they were down 28-26 with two seconds to play. They had the ball, I think, on their 47-yard line. And Chase Bryce threw up a Hail Murray attempt. It was batted by Troy Defender, but it ended up in the hands of Christian Horn, the wide receiver for Abladen State. And he went around the side to the sideline and just went in for the touchdown and, and pandemonium broke out. It was. So he had to catch after the p pass was batted down. Didn't he have to run like 10 yards or something? To no, get it was like there? five, but he had to run around to get to the end zone. Right. Um, he had, he, which he got a good block too. So. You know, that, that helped a little bit, but that was one of my favorite games. Um, now, Michigan State. I also heard in that game that Troy kind of controlled that game for the most part. They did. And up until the last, up until the last two seconds, it was right. pretty much all Troy. And, you know, another game, I wouldn't say it was a, a real good game because it was a blowout, but Michigan State made it kind of uh, respectful at the end, but was Washington beating Michigan State as bad as they did. You know, they jumped out 22 to nothing. Um, Michael Penix had 397 yards and four touchdowns. Um, but the biggest thing for Michigan State, you know, Keon Coleman, um, their, their wide receiver, he was – he left everything out there. You know, he, he tried to make everything happen for – Michigan State, but it just wasn't enough, um, you know. And and Washington made history this weekend too, um, as it's the first time the conference has won multiple ranked games in the same day during the college football era. Oregon was the other team to win. So the first Pac-12 the got Pac twelve had ever done that. I don't think they had ever done that. No. Wow. So that was a big deal for um, the Pac-12. But I'm going to go a little farther here and and give my team of the weekend. I actually got two teams of the weekend. My first team is Penn State. Um, they went on the road. They had they, they had a 17 point third quarter and beat Auburn 42 to 12 in Jordan Hare. Now I'm going to tell you something. Auburn's not doing really well right now. There, there's a lot of problems going on. Coaching staff, all the way down to the players, all the way down to the fans. Um, and 
this was their largest non-conference home loss since they lost to Nebraska in 1982. Yeah, I mean, Auburn, and many teams Auburn just doesn't don't lose at home like no. that very often. Not very often. No, a lot of teams just don't go into Jordan Hare and put a whooping like Penn State did on them Saturday. And, you know, they had – and their running back was really good. Um, Nick Singleton um, for Penn State. Um, he, I think he had. I'm gonna have to give some props to Sean Clifford, man. I yeah, he played. He played a really good game. Listen, the last couple of years, I've been kind of hard on Sean Clifford. I've really not thought that he was the quarterback that I that I thought he should have been. You know, Kentucky's quarterback came from Penn State, and you know, for a couple of years there, I've been saying that Penn State made a mistake and probably should have been playing. Will Levis over mm-hmm. Sean Clifford, but I'm going to have to say so far in 2022, Sean Clifford has really rise to the occasion, rose to the occasion. He has, and and there was some other games that I kind of felt like you know could go either way, you know. But there was one in particular that I didn't really didn't really understand because it was a was Tulane beating Kansas State. Um, they didn't play really well. Um, Tulane pretty much controlled that game. Um, I'm just really shocked that they went into Mad- Manhattan and won that game. Um, the Purdue-Syracuse game was a thriller. Syracuse won it on a, on a pass with five seconds to go. Um, you know, and then you had Indiana. They come they come back and beat Western Kentucky in overtime. You know, that game is one kind of near to me because I'm, I'm close to Bowling Green, Kentucky, where Western Kentucky's from. Um, and, and they don't have a bad team either. They got know, a really and, good and, offense. And this is two years in a row that they have been right there to beat Indiana mm-hmm. and yes. have lost both of them in heartbreaking fashion. So, but the, you know. but the biggest win of this weekend, um, you know, everybody calls them a basketball school, but it's the University of Kansas. This game, um, you, the Kansas game is. They beat Houston 48 to 30. They had Houston defenders fighting on the sidelines. But Um, you're talking about just the Kansas. So I'm going to give you a quick little rundown. So Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, Indiana, UCLA, and Syracuse are all three and oh. In college football, I'm not talking about basketball here, guys. <laughs> You're talking football here. Yeah. I'm not talking basketball here. And did you did you hear the teams that I just called off? You would think that I would be talking about college basketball, but this is college football, and we have those six teams are all three and zero to start the season out. It, it, it's amazing to to think that you got basketball schools tearing it up in football. Yeah, I mean, it really is, you know, you, you would think we're talking about round ball, but we're not. So, you know, we're talking about on the gridiron, and you're right, Kansas. Honestly, I think that's one of the shockers of the weekend is Kansas beating Houston. I mean, Houston, before this season started three weeks ago, had dreams of making the college football playoff. I mean, they had – 
a slew of people back from a team that was great last year, and a lot of people, I mean, they definitely were ranked. They were ranked in the top 25, and a lot of people thought that they might be the Cincinnati from last year. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and for Kansas to do what they've done on top of beating West Virginia last week um, in a do- in a, in a overtime, and then to go to Houston and kind of handle them pretty good. I mean, forty-eight to thirty is not a you know they put up a ton of points. And they've been putting up a ton of points. Kansas yeah. has. Um, the so, biggest. Yeah. Who was your surprise for the weekend? Well, Kansas has won. Um, I thought Penn State played really well. I thought Oregon um, dominating BYU was was pretty telling. Um, you know, and even with the BYU game, you know, it, it's hard to win, um, especially at Oregon because that's a that's a really hard place to play. And I felt like BYU would play a better game than that, but uh, too, to be honest, they, they just never, they just didn't show up. Especially um, coming off of the Baylor win and and stuff. I mean, I thought BYU would give them a better game at least. I did too, and and Wake Forest kind of surprised me. They barely beat Liberty. Um, you know, well, they only had twenty one rushing yards in the win over Liberty, and that's you know not who more- Liberty's coaches. Hugh Freeze. Yeah. You know, and then, there's, and there, a, it's few, not there's a few of these schools. Georgia Southern last week, their coach is Clay Helton, who is the USC coach, um, the, you know, before this, before this year. Um, uh, you know, there's some small schools. Missouri State, Bobby Petrino was there. You're talking about a surprise. I thought that game – I mean, I know Missouri State didn't pull it out, and Arkansas come back and won the game. But, my Lord, I mean, they pretty much controlled that game for three quarters. They did. At at Arkansas. And Arkansas, you know, ended up gaining almost 600 yards, total yards, um, against them. They, they, They pulled away in the second half. But my biggest thing with going forward with Arkansas, they got Texas A&M coming up. Right. Um, at Jerry's World. And then they play Alabama. Right. So you're not going to be able to get down 17 nothing going forward because that type, that type of um, early miscues and, and dismal starts won't cut it against these kind of teams. Well, I just think it's pretty interesting that you have some of these kind of named coaches of, of the past that are mm-hmm. at some of these smaller schools and seem to be – you know, making a new name for themselves a little bit, you know. And and there's a couple other games, you know, Florida squeaked out a win against South Florida. Um, and I'm not real confident about Florida going into Knoxville Saturday and winning. So, um, so I, I saw the spread. The spreads come out just about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, it opened at nine and a half in favor of Tennessee. Of course, it's in Knoxville. Well, and another thing Florida's doing is they're relying on their running game. And that's only going to get them so far. Well, I mean, to be, to be quite honest with you, so you talking about Florida real quick, I'll give you a stat on this. So 
I saw a stat earlier today doing a little research for the show where Anthony Richardson's is in the state of Florida. There's eight big teams, Florida State, you know, Florida, Miami, USF, UCF, F, FAU, you know, there's a and, – and Anthony Richardson's Q, <laughs> QBR – is 35.9 and is dead last out of those eight schools. They ain't going to cut it, especially, you know, they ain't been able to get their passing offense, offense going. Um, he has zero touchdown passes. And three tackles. And four <laughs> interceptions. Yeah. He has three tackles oh. and, zero inter- and zero touchdown passes in three games. If you're going to beat Tennessee Saturday – you're going to have to throw the football. Um, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're going to have to move the ball because Tennessee's going to score. Tennessee's got a, a, a deadly offense. Um, they can move the ball at will. So, And I, I, I'm just, going to be honest with you. I don't think Florida's defense is going to be stout enough. I mean, yes, they, 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 have, they have a good front four. They have a couple of really good players up there that are aggressive. Um, and they got a couple of decent linebackers, pretty good linebackers, but, and then Dean in the back is good, but man, the rest of their defense, I just don't see them being able to keep up with Tillman and, you know, Hendon Hooker and Tennessee's, I just don't see it. I don't either. And, you know, even with the Miami game, the late game with Texas A&M, you know, Miami's going to have to fix their red zone offense. You know, they they stalled so many times in that game. They had five field goal attempts to 27 first downs and nearly 400 yards of total offense, and they lost the game 17 to 9. Yeah. You know, that, that, that should Fisher, I'm going to have to give Jimbo a smidget of credit. He did bench Hayes King that I've been, you know, uh, talking about for the last few weeks here so he did start max johnson they did he did have a touchdown pass um and and had a little bit of offense way better than 97 yards against appalachian state yeah and you know i was watching most of the games this weekend and you know it's georgia and everybody else you know i watched them play south carolina and they just they made um, Spencer Rattler, just they, they had him confused all day. They harassed him. Um, you know, and then you had on the offensive side of the ball, you had Stetson Bennett and Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers had himself a day. He did. Um, the, the biggest area moving forward with Georgia is the running game, and, and we haven't seen it hit its stride yet. Um, but so far they haven't needed it. They haven't needed it. No, they they've 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 got the weapons on the outside and the inside. Well, but I mean, if they, they ever just haven't their, played. They haven't played a stout enough team. To uh-uh. where they where they, they really needed. They got Kent State coming up Saturday, so that should be another a, easy a, game. A, their tune up. Yeah. You know, yeah. so until they really, I want to see how they respond to a team like Mississippi State, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Um, you know, especially well, before we, those three games are later in the year. I mean, those are like, are, and, you know, they're like nine, 10, 11 weeks, you know, something like that. 
So I mean, I'm not really discrediting good. Georgia. Georgia's a really good team. They're they're probably the best team in the country. No, but I'm not trying to discredit them at all. They I'm just saying any, they haven't played nobody yet. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. just saying that they haven't really been challenged. And, no, not, not, and, and not don't get me moment. wrong, they played Oregon, who is a top team, early, you know, first game of the year, and just demolished them and made Oregon look like a high school team, to be honest with you. Um, uh, and so, you know, maybe that, maybe nobody touches them and gets close. I'm not real sure. But so far, I mean, they really haven't needed a run game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And another game that kind of, surprised me was the Oklahoma Nebraska game because if we remember it was 11 point spread early and then it moved to 13 and they just went into Nebraska and dominated you know they had balance on offense um they rushed for 327 yards um you know and they got a really nice rotation at running back with Eric Gray Marcus Major and Javante Barnes um he, and they got a better defense this year. So Oklahoma, you know, moving forward, they're going to be a hard team to play. But So I got a quick question for you. Who do you think has looked better, Oklahoma or USC? Well, the USC really hasn't played anybody. Right. Well, Oklahoma. And, well, I say Oklahoma ain't either, but. Yeah, not really. They haven't you know, played anybody either. USC is, is playing probably the best they've looked in six or seven years and they'll have a test this weekend um they they traveled to corvallis corvallis te- uh oregon state right to a team they ain't gonna roll over um no oregon state plays pretty stout at home most of the time you know they they, they they're putting on an offensive clinic right now you know jordan addison's playing really good the die kids playing good um and jordan addison I read this stat. He's on pace to catch a USC record 24 touchdowns this year. Yeah, I mean, their offense is fantastic. Um, they are. They and, and anybody that knows Lincoln Riley, his offense is always going to do things because he mixes it up. He He's he's throwing it around. Um, so their, their biggest test, I think, comes this weekend when they play, when they go to Oregon State. I mean that's really their first big test. Their big test, yeah. But yeah. the but the major winner this weekend to me was Penn State. Um, you know, well they probably they, they probably moved the highest in the polls today too, probably didn't they? Yeah, I think they moved up to I can't remember. Fifteen was it fifteenth or fourteen? Sixteenth, something like that. But they but they beat Purdue um, on the road, and then they beat. Auburn on the road. Um, so that's two tough environments to get to three and oh. And, you know, they got a really nice freshman running back and Nicholas Singleton. Um, I think he's rushed for more than a hundred yards in the last two weeks and they're balanced. And, you know, another thing too, they're like you said, Clifford is playing a lot better. Um, so, and they got an opportunity to really go five and oh. They play Central Michigan this weekend, and then they play Northwestern at home, and then the big test comes on October 14th against Michigan um, when they travel to to Ann Arbor. So they should be five and zero going to Ann Arbor. Um, to be fair, they were five and zero last year. Um, they was, and they fell off the wagon, right? Yeah. And and kind of fell off badly, to be honest with you, last year. Finished two and six. 
I'll tell you who another team that I really enjoyed watching um, was Ole Miss this weekend. You know, Georgia Tech's not really good. Um, no, they're not really very good. But they opened up the offense a little bit. Um, I think Jackson Dart this versus this Luke Altmeyer is going to be a – quarterback battle for pretty much, I guess you could say, all season long. You know, they play Tulsa Saturday, which should be another tune-up game. And then they get the big test. They play Kentucky next week. Yep. Um, the next you know, week is UK. So, And, and I'm, interested, I'm interested to see if they still go with that swapping, you know, quarterbacks, even with UK. Yeah. You think they will? You know, I think they will. They'll they'll do it here and there. Um and you gotta prepare that way because that's the way they've been playing lately. Um and the other guy, Luke, he's coming off an injury against Central Arkansas, so he might not play as much. Um Dart might get most of the snaps. But um there's a possibility that Kentucky could be in the top ten or well, they'll be in the top ten. With unless Ole Miss possibly being in the top 15, which right. could I mean, be a big game. should be there unless they have a real bad slip-up this weekend. They have a slip-up against Northern Illinois, which I don't I don't expect. Right. Um, but looking at some games for next week, um, there's some games that I'm interested in, and we'll talk about that later on. But, um, you know, you've got Clemson going to Wake Forest. Um, Clemson's a seven-point favorite. Um, I don't, I don't trust Wake Forest enough right yet because, you know, they they barely beat Liberty. Um, Wake Forest has got a really good offense. I'm just not they do. Sold, I'm not sold on their defense. But, but Clemson's got a really solid defense. Right, and, and Clemson's probably got one of the top five defenses in the country. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can definitely see why they why Clemson would be favored for sure. You got Baylor going to Ames, Iowa. Um, to play Iowa State, in which Iowa State is a two-point favorite right now um, right. on Baylor. Um, you got Florida, Tennessee. Texas plays Texas Tech on the road. Um, Texas goes to the road to play in Lubbock. Um, and then you got Arkansas and Texas A&M, which Texas a and is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's going to be at Jerry's World. Um, this That game, um, you know, you – you know I probably haven't been very big on Texas A&M. Um, Arkansas has been tested a few times already this year mm. um, and and has passed each of those tests um, and, and, you know, win the game, won their games. Um, I know A&M beat Miami this past week, but, I mean, even that game was a game that if Miami – can finish a couple of those drives. They, they win pro- the football game. They they probably don't. You know, A and M probably loses that game too. Yeah, and you know, another game I was looking at was Wisconsin goes to Ohio State, which Ohio State's favored by eighteen in that. That's the ABC primetime game, um, which Wisconsin is better than I thought they'd be, but. They're still going to have a struggle playing against a really good offense in Ohio State. Um, the biggest one is the 40-point spread, Vanderbilt going to Alabama. Um, you know, Vanderbilt's 3-1, and one and, and congratulations, Vanderbilt. But this week, I believe you come back down to earth. 
Well, so Vandy, you know, they played Northern Illinois this past week, and that's one of the games I wanted to kind of mention. You know, yeah. Vandy had been starting Mike White, and they 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 went to their backup um, in the Northern Illinois game. Yeah, and he come, Swan. Yeah. yeah, Swan, A.J. Swan. And, uh, you know, he come in and threw for like 200 and some yards and a couple of touchdowns and won the game for them, brought them back. And they beat Northern Illinois at Northern Illinois 38-28, you know. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe um, they might make the switch. What do you think? I I think they will if he continues to play at the rate he played Saturday. And, you know, Northern Illinois – um, lost their, their quarterback Lombardi, which they did. And then they, I think they got the Hampton kid. He played a lot more in the second half, um, which I don't know the injury reports coming up, but they don't know yet whether he'll play against Kentucky Saturday or not. But Northern Illinois' defense is really what's the weak link. Um, their, their secondary is not, it's suspect. Their front four is real suspect. So, Kentucky should take care of business this weekend and beat Northern Illinois. Um, if I'll go, Kentucky still got to figure out some offensive line. Yeah, their 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 line needs to get fixed um, before. Well, I'm just saying this is this is probably the last warm up week, you know, to be able to do do that. And it it will. Yeah, it will. You know what I mean. And then you got Kansas State, Oklahoma. You got. Kansas State going to Norman. Um, that's the eight o'clock game on Fox. Um, that, that's kind of a, a weird game, you know, because Kansas State, yeah, they lost to Tulane, but Kansas State's always been known to give Oklahoma fits. So that's not just an easy win, but the way Oklahoma is playing lately, I could see maybe Oklahoma, you know, coming out a little flat, especially after a big win like they had against Nebraska. Um, What's interesting is this USC Oregon State game, and, and USC is only favored by six and a half points. Um, and you know you give the home team a little bit of credit there um, because of the the spread, but you know I don't I don't see Oregon State upsetting USC, but that's a hard place to play. Um, it has in the past, um, I should say. A lot of teams have went out of there with losses. So this is a game that USC needs to pay attention to because next, I think the next couple of games, they have some cupcakes, Arizona State and Washington State. Um, and then they have that big road game, the 15th at Utah. So let's talk about some coaching stuff that's been going on. So today, Arizona State parted ways with Herman mm-hmm. Edwards. Um and of course, last week, um, Nebraska parted ways with Scott Frost. Um, and another coach that I think is probably his job is on the line, uh, is probably going to be Neil Brown from West Virginia. Yeah. And they're, and they're, they're in the middle of a significant NCAA investigation as well at West Virginia. No, it, Arizona State. At Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah. At Arizona State. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know who who could go really in there. Um, well, I'm bringing it up because earlier I brought up some coaches' names that are at some of these smaller schools. Um, and, you know, they seem to be 
making a name for themselves there as well. You know, would do you think that Nebraska would give Bobby Petrino a call? I think they could. Um, there's a couple guys I I thought about this weekend. You know, Urban Meyer could be one. Um, you know, but like you said with Herm Edwards, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't think that should have even started to begin with. Um, I don't know. My, yeah, he was, he was a great coach in his prime when he, when he was with the Jets and, and I, I think he, he coached with the Chiefs some. He did. But, you know, there's, there's too many coaches out there that you can get, um, and have. And I feel like you just wasted that. With Herman Edwards after with what four plus years? Um, My thing though is is I mean I'm going to be honest with you. I thought landing Herman Edwards at Arizona State was a pretty big get. It was. I just just can't imagine. My problem with um, I mean you know who do you go to to make a bigger splash than Herman Edwards? If you're Arizona State, I really couldn't tell you right now at this point because you know Edwards, he finished his tenure at Arizona State one and two at twenty six and twenty with one bowl win in five years, and I feel like his time there. So he has a, so he has a winning record. He does, but he's only got one bowl win, though, in those five years, and that's not going to cut it. But, Um, I mean, how many bowl wins did Arizona State have for the five years before that? I I don't know the answer to that question. I'm not saying, but, you know. I don't either. I just don't believe that Arizona State, you know, I, I think they had something there that, now, I, don't get me wrong. The investigation and everything that's going on, um, you know, that puts a dark cloud over everything, and I do get that part of it. It does. Yeah, you know, that puts a, a dark cloud over everything, and there's no telling what's going to come out of that. Well, and I do a lot believe of that Herman Edwards at least, um, you know, should have known or could have known and is going to be a part of some of that, if you get what I'm saying. I think, you know, we as we look at it, though, his time will be remembered there for the antics and the issues off the field. You know, he he had five coaches leave the staff. Um, I think he had two coordinators. Um, the roster got depleted. You know, they lost their best quarterback to LSU, lost their running back, lost two, I think, a defensive lineman and a linebacker. Right, and they right. had two other top tran- top receivers transfer out. Right, and I don't think that helped anything. No, it um, didn't. Absolutely, um, it, it, ma- it made it a ma- it made it a dumpster fire and a mess. But as we talk about coaches and places that you know we're looking at here, Nebraska is a place that I would not want to go at this point. Um, Nebraska has the history, and they, they have- do. And they, do, and they but... have the backing. I mean, you know, they still sell out the crowds every every Saturday, every home Saturday. Um, you know, they have the backing. They they have the boosters. 
um, as well. So, I mean, Nebraska has a lot of pluses. Now, what I say about Nebraska on top of that, though, is is they're not in, you know, they're not in the old Big 12 or Big 8 or whatever, you know, from years ago um, anymore. They're in the Big 10. They, um, I, I think that move alone has hurt Nebraska. I still believe that. I, I will still say that. I think moving to the Big Ten was a mistake for them. Um, they have, since they've moved to the Big Ten, they've pretty much been irrelevant in the college football world. Don't you agree with that? I do. And, you know, um, they also fired their defensive coordinator after the game. Um, Nebraska did. Um uh you talking about this Saturday they did? Yeah, they, they fired their DC after oh. that after uh, the game? Yeah, after the, the embarrassing loss, you know. So yeah. so it's it, there's a lot of problems there and it's gonna take patience because, you know, I, I feel like still they shouldn't have fired Bob Polini. I think he was doing a good job there. Um you know Do they but, go back to Bob Polini? <laughs> I, I doubt it. <laughs> there, there's a, there's three or four guys that I have, I've got in mind. Matt Campbell would be a good one from Iowa State. I've heard um, his name several times with that one so far. Of course, Lance Leopold from um, Kansas would be a good fit. What he's doing at Mark Kansas. Stoops' names get gets mentioned yeah. in that, but I just don't believe that's going to happen. But there's one guy that I, a lot of people is 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 Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. Um, you know, he took them to a a big time bowl or what, a couple of years back and they'll give him a look. Um, so this is going to be a, a process, you know, it's going to be a lot of take a lot of patience because Nebraska has the fan base. They have the, they have the, um, facilities. So it's just going to take time for them to figure out. I'm going to throw a name out and it's not because I have heard anything about him at all it's not that it's just you know you take a guy who has kind of been one of the top names over the last 10 years and and then all of a sudden now uh because of last year he's kind of a forgotten guy but i mean dan mullen like you know yeah. how how does he not get mentioned in some of this stuff i, I don't understand you know when everybody wants to, to look at Dan Mullen for how he used Emory Jones and um, Anthony Richardson last year. he did all right with Dak Prescott, don't you? He did. And <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I think, I think he mishandled Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson last year, but I'm pretty sure was, I'm pretty sure he did all right with Dak Prescott. Yeah, but that a lot of the major issues wouldn't even – offensive either it was the defense as well you know with Todd Grantham that they was just problems all over the field and I think he lost the team and he and he just lost the locker room well I'm going to be honest with you I think I don't think that Todd Grantham and Dan Mullen I think I don't they wasn't on the same page they wasn't they were some issues there yeah. yeah there was some issues there there they wasn't on the same page and I think that alone helped with the downfall last year of Florida. It did. And, you know, even 
back when Todd Grantham was at Louisville, you know, there was issues there as well. So I, I, I'm not saying that it's all Todd Grantham, but it seems like everywhere he goes, there, there's, there's issues going on. And, um, so I, I don't, I'll give you another coach, Louisville's coach, Scott Satterfield. I mean, honestly, they go to our, you, South Florida is who they play this week. Um, you know, they lose that game. Does Satterfield last? I think he's out. I think he's out regardless. Um, I just don't, I don't think he's getting the job done. I, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily yeah, the reason why I fault. brought that up is you were talking about Grantham. Does Grantham get a call from Louisville? I, I doubt that. I mean, he, he's been a what defensive coordinator. He's an analyst now at Alabama. So I don't, I think he's got it going good where he's at at Alabama. So I don't think, you know, he's going to just up and just find him a coaching job right off the bat. But, um, I mean, he's got, he's got a DC high DC name. You know, he's been around in the SEC a lot. But his defenses have not produced. Well, they um, have at certain times, and then they usually fall apart. And they fall apart, yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. So, so it just – who knows what will happen in Louisville, you know. Granted, you know, Malik Cunningham, everybody wants to say, oh, it's his fault. It's not, it's not the coaching and whatnot at Louisville. It's, it's the talent. It's the kind of talent they're bringing in, which granted, you know, next year they got some talented players coming in. Um, as long as it all holds together. It all holds together. But biggest issue with Satterfield, you know, I say it all the time. I say it because Bill Curry, Bill Curry lost his job because of this at Alabama. He couldn't beat his rival. And he couldn't get the top. And, you know, they couldn't. They couldn't beat Auburn, and, you know, that's the same thing with Satterfield. He hasn't – I don't think he's beat – has he beaten Kentucky? No. I don't think he has. And, he hasn't. And that, and that makes a difference, you know, and, and especially the talent the talent issue. Louisville's not getting the talent Kentucky's getting. And in order to win and have the talent that you want, you've got to recruit better against your rival. And I think that makes a difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, it absolutely does. I just kind of wanted to touch on some of this coach's stuff and throw some names out there. Um, and uh, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe give somebody something to think about, I guess. So, um, you know, what was your, who was your disappointment from last week? Mm. What team disappointed you the most? Really? There, there was a few games where I felt like Purdue was one. Um, you know, South Carolina itself as a team has been more of a disappointment. Like, I, I, I thought they would be a better team this year than what they've shown so far. I did, too. And, you know, I felt like uh, UCLA even – you know they're three and zero. They've they've almost lost to two teams. 
Right. Um, they just barely hung on last week. So it was South Alabama. Yeah, that's who it was. But they, they struggled with Bowling Green until they blew the game open first the first week. But they haven't they haven't really been dominant. Um, Notre Dame looked better, but there were still some issues with Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame pulled one out. You know, that's one of the games last week we kind of uh, threw in as a bonus on our pick them just to talk about. Um, and biggest disappointment has been Auburn, um, to be honest. You know, there's talent there. But it's just not it's not going through with the coaching staff. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm sure. not really surprised at Auburn though. I I didn't think they were going to hold it together. I mean, they had so many issues within the program in the off season with players and players saying stuff about the coach and I mean it just they they really had the boosters are against him all you know and you know it's just a mess. And I don't think, to me, I don't think Brian Harson. I just don't think he's going to last very long. Um, I mean, this is just year two. I mean, he just is. he just finished his first year, and after his first year, the boosters, the players. I mean, everybody's been against him. I mean, it's it's just a mess. And and you know what's crazy is they're a seven point favorite over Missouri, which I don't. That'll be a close game. I, I mean, Missouri's not as good as everybody says they are, but it's still going to be a good game because of the way Auburn's playing right now. Um, well, I'm going to tell you right now, they better beat Missouri because I don't know how many West teams they're going to beat. Because after Missouri, this is their schedule. Now, listen. Yeah. They play Missouri, then they play home against LSU, at Georgia, at Ole Miss, Arkansas, at Mississippi State and Texas A&M in a mix between there with Western and Alabama. Right. Where are they going to get a win at? That's what I'm saying. They better get a win this weekend against Missouri and that, because that game's at home, right? It's a home game, yeah. Yeah, that game's at home. So In Missouri, um, an LSU game is always close because it's a rivalry game. Right. So, I mean, it usually is, and, I, and LSU hasn't been stellar. So – you know, I, I think that game could be a toss-up. Um, but you said you asked my biggest disappointment. It would have to be Mississippi State this weekend. Um, yeah, Mississippi State kind of. You know, they had they had the opportunity to win the, win that game. Um, you know, Will Rogers he was twenty four forty two with one touchdown, but he had a big interception, and then they muffed the punt um, late in the. I think it was maybe the fourth quarter, third or fourth quarter. And LSU went in and went ahead, and then they just won the game on a on a 30, 20, 30-something 30 yard run to ice the game. And I felt like if Mississippi State won this game, there would have been a lot of talk of them getting in the in the polls. But it just seems like they're there's I wouldn't say their season is deflated, but all the hope that they had moving forward, it just kind of the balloon went out of the the air went out of the balloon. Well, I mean, you know, that's a game that if they can pull that game out, then the trajectory of their season is a whole lot higher than if they lose that game. I mean, you know, they um, setting it three and zero with a win over LSU is for them with the games remaining on their schedule. 
You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that's huge. It is. You know. And, and, uh, yeah. You know, and Will Rogers is a a great quarterback. He really is. I'm not sure that he'll, you know, uh, move on to the next level and be a great quarterback. But for college, he's a great quarterback. Leach has Leach uses him perfectly, um, mm-hmm. and you know, they throw the ball all over the field, um, mm-hmm. and and from one side to the other, within basically 15 yards most of the time, you know, mm-hmm. and use five wide outs and whatever, you know, um, and, you know, it works well for them. It's just, you're right. The game last week was, that's, that's a pretty, uh, disheartening loss for Mississippi State. Um, I want to do a little bonus here. Um, maybe talk about a little bit about the NFL today. Um, there was some really good games today. Um, you know, you had the Jets coming back down two touchdowns with two minutes to go to win in Cleveland. Um, you had, uh, Dallas pulling the upset at home over Cincinnati, which Cincinnati was a seven point favorite. You had Baltimore was up 35 14 and Miami came back and beat them 42 38. Um, and then you had the, Arizona thriller with Las Vegas. Um, they fumbled the ball twice in that possession. And the second time, Arizona picked it up and ran it in in overtime and won it. So there's a lot of fun games in the NFL this weekend. Yeah, my Packers are playing right now. and They're uh, up 10 to 7 at the moment. Yeah. Right. So I'm a Packers know, fan, so uh, yeah. that's the one. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm breathing a little hot sigh of relief today. Um, you know, Cooper Rush, they they did what they had to do to to win. Um, his passer rating though was really good. It was 95.5. Um, that's really good. You know, they had some catches late in the game that set up the game-winning field goal. Um, Brett Maher, the kicker, um, he hit a. I think it was a. 50-yard field goal to win the game. Um, Micah Parsons is an absolute ridiculous football player. Um, that Cowboys defense is really good. So um, there's some there's some Cincinnati shockers. might be in trouble. They are. They're 0-2. Um, they play the Jets next week at at New York. So I mean, from everything I can tell, their offensive line is horrible. It is, and you know Dallas. They go to New York Giants next week, which Dallas has been known to to beat New York a lot at New York. So um, there's some decent games next week. Pittsburgh plays Cleveland. Um, I think Buffalo plays Miami. That'll be a big game because both of them is in the tops in the AFC East. Um, you know, you got. Uh, I haven't seen, so I'm going to ask you how the Rams do today. The Rams won. They beat the Falcons 31 to 27. But what's funny about that game is um, the Rams were up 31-10, and they got, I think, Mariota threw a touchdown. They blocked a punt, and they almost came back and won. Um, so Doesn't it seem like that's kind of what happens in the NFL most of the time, though? Yeah, it 
NFL is the team's got to jump out, and then, you know, the last, like, quarter and a half, the other team always kind of comes back and makes yeah, it a game. Yeah, it's or, a lot different because from week to week, I always tell people this with the NFL from college, college kids are not robots, you know what I mean? And, you know, on a on a really good team like on the NFL, you know, you got you got some of the top players in the in the league on those teams. And you could have a team like the Jets like they did today that are horrible, but they got play they got football players. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. They can they can win a game because you know, it's just from week to week you just don't know what to expect. You know, say you got a Detroit like Washington last week killed Jacksonville. Or no, they they barely beat Jacksonville, right. and then the, the next week they're down twenty-two to nothing against Detroit. So it's exactly. So it, it's it, just like what in the world? How does that happen? Jacksonville today beat the snot out of the Colts, right? The Colts are bad. The Colts, um, they got a lot of guys out injured injuries right now. Um, I think Pittman's out. There was a lot of guys out for them. So there was a lot of problems today for the Colts, but. The biggest surprise of this weekend was Dallas. Um, that's my uh, team of the week. Um, many had picked Cincinnati to blow this game away. Um, and there was a time there where Dallas was up 17-3 at one point. And they had a chance to put the game away, and they fumbled the ball late in the fourth quarter. And Cincinnati recovered it and got down the field and, and tied the game. Um, so... Dallas is one and one. It's better than being zero and two. But like you said, the Bengals better pick it up in the next couple of weeks because you know they play. I think they play the Jets next week, and then they play Miami, the Miami Dolphins. So it don't get no easier. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to Cincinnati, I watched them last year in the playoffs, and you know they made a run in the playoffs, but my Lord, there was two or three games in the playoffs where they about got Joe Burrow killed. Their offensive line is still, is still a weak link. And the reason why I'm bringing this up. So Kentucky had several offensive linemen that, you know, were predicted and did get drafted um, in the, in the draft. And I had said all along, that uh, Cincinnati needed to draft one of our offensive linemen, mainly uh, the left tackle that we had last year um, that's now at Kansas City. Um, you know, and but, I mean, there was so many opportunities that I thought Cincinnati should have picked up a couple of really good offensive linemen in the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, and... You just look at the way they played and how they give up seven, eight, nine sacks, and somehow Burrow gets back up and, you know, yeah. he's back up on his feet, yeah, you know, and, dro- and drops a pass and then somehow pulls out a miracle win, you know, in the playoffs last year. I mean, th- he'd done that like twice, you know, and, you know, and yes, I know a lot of Cincinnati fans and a lot of Bengals fans because I'm in Kentucky and there are a lot of Bengal fans around here. And a lot of Bengal fans was, you know, jumping on board and talking about how great they were and that they were going to, you know, come back and win the Super Bowl this time and everything. But 
I have been saying all along, and unless they fix that offensive line, that was just a miracle run. And that's I'm going to stick with that until I see a difference when it comes yeah. to the Bengals. That's right. that's what I believe. It's been a fun show. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what. So we're going to do a, uh, a U.K. recap. We kind of do those separate because John and I are both U.K. fans. So um, we try to keep that in a separate show where we can – you know, maybe do pull a little Homer stuff on you every once in a while. Right, John? Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to do a UK show later in the week. We'll probably put that out on Wednesday. That's what we've been doing. Um, and that'll be a recap show and a look ahead to Northern Illinois game. Um, and then, of course, on Friday, um, we'll put out our game day pick them for week four. Um, we've been doing those. Um, each week, um, and then uh, maybe Saturday if I'm not swamped and and working my till really really late, um, we'll do a, a live show on Saturday uh, like we did a couple of weeks ago. We had planned one this past week um, and put it out there. If you were planning on being on, please um, on our next one, uh, possibly this Saturday, please join us and we'll do a a recap call-in show, um, and John and I would love to have you on, right, John? Kind of yes, sir. In- interact with the fans a little bit and stuff. So, uh, you know, if we do the live on Saturday, I'll let you know maybe when we do the U.K. show on Wednesday if we are planning on doing the live on Saturday. Um, I, and uh, maybe we can hook up and connect with our fans a little bit and do a little post-game and wrap up and and discuss a few things. All we ask is you keep it family friendly. Um, we ha- we this is a family friendly show, so uh, uh, no foul language or that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, we <laughs> we try to keep it uh, kid friendly. Right, right, kid friendly. That's what I mean. Yeah, kid friendly. So we, uh, you know, that's all we ask. If you come on the show, try to keep it kid friendly. Um, but those are the things you can look forward to from us this week. And, uh, we look forward to being with you guys again on the UK recap and look ahead show on Wednesday. Thank you. And y'all have a good night. Good night.